Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. When pastor asked me to speak, I said, I'll think about it. And then if God gives me something, then I guess I'll know. And if not, then Tara's got to sing the whole time. And so it was ironic because God keeps showing up in really random ways this year. Like I'll hear something and then I'll go turn it. Like we've been talking about the fear of the Lord at church. And then I go listen to a podcast and it's on the fear of the Lord. I'm like, okay, that's just weird. And so just random things like that have been happening. So when, I, when I'm seeing little things, I take it and I take that as a note. I'm like, okay, God, God's wanting to show me something. So after he asked, I was like, whatever. If God shows me something, then I will. So I happen to go to, now please be open-minded here because it's going to sound like I'm going to get into a debate, and it's not. Um, so please just listen through. But I went to Menards, um, and I haven't been to Menards since uh, COVID kind of hit and the mass mandate kind of came on. And so I haven't gone into Menards, but I went into Menards and I knew you had to wear a mask, so I put a mask on, but I kind of, my glasses fog up, so I kind of just put it over my mouth. I was like, whatever. And um, went throughout the whole store. We were there for about an hour. I felt like it was at least an hour. Brian said no, but it was a long time. And, and nobody said anything, but we got out to the cash register and I had my mask on up, like just like that. And I was standing there and the lady looked at me and I'm telling you like, complete hatred in her eyes and she was like get your mask up before I wait on you and I was like put it up you know and but and then her attitude completely changed she's like so I was like isn't it a really nice day out and I, I stopped and I like I couldn't even listen to her I had to actually step back and like was like what just happened there like she wasn't just a mean person that was always mean her kindness towards me was based on her belief system and I was like, well, that's weird. So side note, this is free for you, tip for you today. Your kindness towards people should not base, be based on your belief system. Mask, no max, vaccine, no vaccine, atheist, Christian. We're supposed to be kind no matter what. And so I kind of just stopped and I was like, okay, take a side note of that. And it was kind of like, well, that's weird. Well, then two days later, this is where door, uh, light bulb, doorbells went off. Light bulbs went off. Maybe it was doorbells. I don't know. Um, I was at Quick Trip without a mask on, and my kids didn't have a mask on. Two days later, and this lady comes out of her way from the edge of the store, comes over, and she's like, I just want to thank you so much for not covering up your precious kids with a mask. I'm just, and I was like, what is going on? Like, this is super weird. Like, I've gone a year, like, this whole mask thing has been going on for, you know, over a year, and in one week, two different major things happened that were quite the opposite. And I was like, okay, you know, and I was like, well, that's weird. Again, I don't really, it's not about mass, no mass. It's not where the point of this story was going. But I was like, okay, made me think like God's goodness. So that's the title of my message, God's goodness and kindness. And I started looking it up and I started thinking like, God, what is your goodness? Like, is it based on our behavior? Is it based on me doing everything you've asked of me to do and that's the only time you're going to be good to us? Do bad things happen because I'm not being good? Like, what is your goodness? Like, what is, what is your kindness? Like, you do show kindness and goodness to everybody? So I just started looking it up and I came upon this article and I'm actually going to 
uh, read a lot from this article, but it says, what does the goodness of God really mean? And, in a, and we tend to say, has anybody ever heard um, people say, isn't God good? After they give a report and they're like, you know, this just happened, isn't God good? I think we say it in our church, correct? So I, he started talking about different analogies, and he's like, a woman has car trouble and avoids the fatal 12-car pileup on the interstate when she should have been in her car. Isn't God good? A man goes to his doctor for pneumonia, and the chest x-ray shows a tumor in his lung that is entirely removed and cured because the doctor accidentally discovered, discovered it when it was still in its early stages. Isn't God good? He said, I, or this is the article, the person, I survived an aggressive form of breast cancer when I was 28 years old. Isn't God good? Yes, I always say God is absolutely good. But is this why God's good? So here's the other thing. There were people diagnosed with stage five cancer, stage four cancer, and died last week because their cancer was discovered. It's kind of obscene to say, but do we say, isn't God good? You don't really hear that, do you? <laughs> Two friends die of breast cancer. Isn't God good? In Psalms 46, the psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength, a present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. In Psalms 46, Charles Spurgeon wrote that God is good, not because he causes things that seem or feel good to happen in our lives, because, but because in the midst of the storm, God comes closer to us than the storm could ever be. And this is why we can say with absolute confidence that God is good. God is just as good to the 150 people who went down on the airplane than he is to the soccer team who switched flights at the last minute. God is just as good to the people who died in the car accident as he is to the people who avoided it. God is just as good to the parent of obedient children as he is to the parents of children who have rebelled. God is just as good to the infertile woman as he is to the woman who has many biological children. God is just as good to the family who loses their home in a fire as he is to the family whose house doesn't burn down. So the question is, is God, isn't God good? So I just thought that was an interesting article because I was like, that is so what the church does. I've only ever had it heard, isn't God good when something has miraculously happened? Which is true, God is still good, but you sure don't hear it when tragedy comes. So I want us to open our Bibles or turn on our phones and go to Exodus 33. And let's see what God's goodness is all about today. kind of funny because this passage has stuck out to me for, for the last year and I keep going back to it and I keep finding more good things and then more good things. So Exodus 33, we're going to go to verse 12 through 19. One day Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You have told me, I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it is true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. 
And remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to, no, to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh. So if we look at the scripture, it's the very character of who God is. Yeah. It's who he is. Like his presence, Moses asked him to to show him his presence, and he said, all my goodness will pass before you. It's God's very character. He can't be anything else but good. I also, in 1 Chronicles 16.34, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. His goodness is not, is not, is not let repeat, is not based on what he does for us. It's who he is and all of his actions. In Psalms 119, it says, you are good and you do only good. So if it's not good, if there's good things not happening, it's not God. It's not, it's not his character, it can't be. He cannot and will not do evil. And you think of, you think of the goodness of God, and as I was thinking about it, you know, you could, that's one of the big things people question. You know, like you hear of little girls getting raped or molested and, and you hear of people dying of diseases and you're like, why? Why is that happening? These are good people. Why does it happen? And it started making me think of the goodness of God. God gave us free will. And I was, I was listening, we were at, um, I was at Jenny's studio one day with kids and, and she has an Alexa. Does everybody know what an Alexa is? So you say, hey, Alexa, play music, and Alexa plays music, or hey, Alexa, do this, and she, she just does what you tell her to do. And so all these kids were commanding Alexa, hey, Alexa, play this, Alexa, do that. And I started thinking, I am so thankful that God's goodness, he created me to have a choice. Like, that's his goodness. He, he gave me the opportunity to not be a robot. <laughs> but unfortunately, it stinks that because of that choice, bad things happen. <laughs> But that's not God, and it's not his goodness. His goodness is not based on the things that happen in this world that are not good. It's not him. Um, so it's kind of funny, as you, start, as you start choosing a topic and you start digging in, you start hearing scriptures, and all of a sudden you start thinking, you start seeing those in all the scriptures. So I started looking up the goodness of God, and then we started having different devotions at school. And I was like, that's the goodness of God. I see the goodness of God in this. Now I see the goodness of God in this. And it was just kind of crazy. So I want to go to John 1140. You guys okay with looking up a lot of scriptures today? So this was um, when, when Lazarus had died and Jesus had stayed away for, for four days. And they kind of got mad at Jesus. And they were like, you know, why didn't you come? Like, you love Lazarus and you stayed away and he, now he, he died. And so that's the background of this whole scripture, so 1140. And um, 
actual just back up maybe 39 so he said so then he said roll the stone aside jesus told them but martha the dead man's sister protested lord he has been dead for four days the smell will be terrible and jesus responded didn't i tell you that you would see god's glory if you believe so i started thinking about didn't i tell you that you would see god's glory so if god's glory back in exodus was his goodness if you reread this scripture it says didn't i tell you that you would see god's goodness if you believe so this is where it started getting me thinking about bread how many people like um bread in here do you have any hands does anybody not like bread um i have big thighs because i like bread just smells good. I probably could just like eat this whole thing right now. So I started thinking about, um, so it says, if you believe, what did it say? You would see, or so, yeah. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's, say, well, we're going to rephrase that God's goodness if you believe. So in Psalms 34, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so it made me think, okay, if you, if you start searching for it, you're going to see so it made me think of homemade bread. So is there anybody in here that has not had my or my mother's homemade bread? Okay. No, I have not. You have definitely had my homemade bread. Okay. Okay, so the, for those of you who have not had my homemade bread, um, Sue, is my homemade bread good? You have no idea. Why don't you know? Because you never had it. Verna, is my homemade bread good? But it's it good. It looks good. It looks good. <laughs> so you agree it looks good, but it, is it good? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so my question for you is, do you know firsthand that my bread is good? Yes. <laughs> so Tara says my bread is good. So Verna, if Tara says my bread is good, you, you would agree with her that it's good then? Do you want some? Do you want to try it? I'm ready to. It smells really good. I stayed up last night to make this for this analogy, so it might not have risen as well. But I started thinking about when trials come and when things of this world are not good, if we have not tasted and seen that it, he is good, Verna would have to live off Tara's revelation. So Verna, how long would it be before Austin, you're like, is Tracy's bread really good? If, you're, if you've never tasted my bread, is my bread really good? So if, if Satan comes to you and is like, Verna, is God really good? Yes. <laughs> She's ruining my analogy here. <laughs> so if, if trials come and you're basing it off of somebody's, somebody else's revelation, it's going to be quickly swayed fast if you've never actually tasted it. Correct? So you're going to go to the bot and stuff and you're like, ah, oh, whatever, it probably tastes the same anyways. So I, I started thinking about this because my son, Landon, has had homemade bread for many, many years. And he has gotten to the point, I have tried to buy, buy bread in a pinch, and I'm like, why do you eat sandwiches? He refuses to eat it. He will not touch anything other than homemade, homemade bread. And I was like, that's what it's got to be. Like, it has to come to the point where we have got to taste and see that he is good, because I cannot live off of Pastor Jason's revelation. So when trials come, I can say, you know, God, I don't understand it, but I know I have tasted and I have seen that you are good. I know I have tasted it personally and seen that you are good.
If anybody needs some. I don't remember what the scripture is, so I'm going to turn to it. Matthew 16, 15. Oh, now I remember what the scripture is. It's the parable of one loaf and no fish. Yes, the parable, yes, of one loaf, no fish. See, how, see if we can feed the church on it today. We're actually going to go to Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? You know, again, it goes back to this bread. If we know without a shadow of a doubt, if we've taken, you know, here's the cool thing about bread. It only gets better. <laughs> you open, you cut a slice of bread, homemade bread, and you're like, ooh, let's put some honey on that. Let's put some homemade peanut butter on that. Ooh, maybe some jam on that. Like, God, that's, that is who God is. If we devour him, if we start cutting into him, and, we, and he starts revealing, he's, oh, no, Tara's getting hungry. She might need some bread. <laughs> um, so if we start devouring him, he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you more of my goodness. You know what? Here's a little more. Yeah, you're tasting it? Here's some more. Let's add some honey on top of that. And then when, when those seasons of drought come... When those seasons of hunger come, we can go, you know what, I, can, I remember it. I, 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 I can picture it. Have, who has been on a fast before in this church? You start visualizing, you, like you can remember the taste of food and you start thinking about it. You might not have it at that moment, but you're like, oh yeah. Sorry, Pateri, I just got a picture of you touching bread, sorry. <laughs> you remember it. You, like, you fully, you're like, yes, I, I know that that homemade bread is good. In Psalms 92, it says, They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Again, it was kind of interesting with this whole, every story started coming up, and I, and I would start hearing things. So I was, I was listening as I was studying on the goodness of God. I started hearing about um, the story of the prodigal son. Who knows the story of the prodigal son? And... Um, so here, here there's the son that the father gives him his inheritance and he goes off and he squanders everything he has and, he, and then he comes back and the father runs out to meet, meet him and he clothes him with a robe of righteousness and he puts a ring on his finger and I was thinking, like, that's God's goodness. Like, we do things constantly that are sin, that are against what God says constantly you know, you think about just this past week, and, you know, we might be good people, but even how many thoughts came to our head this week that weren't right? <laughs> Maybe words that came out of our mouth that weren't right. Maybe actions that we did that weren't right. And God's like, here, it's okay, come here. I want to clothe you with a robe of righteousness. I want to put a ring on your finger. I want to have a feast for you. It's like, what? That does not make sense. In, in, in the worldly thinking, goodness is based on what people do for us. Goodness is based on whether I will wear a mask correctly. Goodness is based on whether um, I can give something to somebody. That's the world's thinking. Like, what are you going to do for me? Like, what will you give me? What, if, you, if your actions show something other than goodness, uh, you're not good. Like, that's the world's thinking. And that's God's like, you know what? You messed up. That's okay. 
his goodness is like showering you with a robe of righteousness. Like that's crazy. Like we have from the beginning of creation chosen to be disobedient to him. I think of, you look at the Old Testament, constantly the Israelites were, were like, God would be like, do this and this will happen. And then they would do quite the opposite. And it was like simple commands, like don't touch the rock, just speak to it. And then Moses had to touch the rock. And you know, or just don't put the ark on men's shoulders. And they put the ark on men's shoulders. Or on a pole, not on the shoulders. Or just like, I mean, it was just constant. Don't, don't do an idol. And then you hear they leave, God leaves them alone on the bottom of a mountain and they start making a golden calf. But God was always pursuing them, always saying, yep, you're forgiven. Yep, come back. I, I want to show you. I want to give you the promised land. I want to give you life and life abundantly. And he was always so quick. That's the goodness of God. Like he's so good. So I heard a saying this week and it kind of went with it. It says, the higher we go in wisdom and the deeper we go into revelation knowledge, the more silly the things of this world seem. Which revelation and wisdom is God himself? So if we need to clarify that. So the, deep, the higher we go into God and the deeper we go into God, the more silly the things of this world seem. We only struggle when we stop putting him in his rightful place. Um, so I was thinking of, who, does anybody here know who Buzz Aldrin is? I know Brian does. You guys do. Who is he? Astronaut. Astronaut. He was one of the first men to walk on the moon. Well, one of the things that they did not report is that um, when he landed on the moon, he actually did a moment of silence and he um, read John, I think it's John 15, abide in me and I will abide in you, and he took communion. And so I was thinking of um, Buzz Aldrin. You know, like you think about it, when he went out outside of the earth on the moon, can you imagine him being up there thinking about, oh, this is what my wife did, this is what happened to me as I was a child, this is, like, woe is me. Do you think that's what happened? No. Like, there's no way. He was probably so much in awe of God and his creation, of like, what? We're just but a speck? We're just but a speck? Like, I can cover up the earth with my finger right now. Like he was probably so enamored and so fascinated by God that there was nothing that this earth would have brought his mind down to. Like, and so it made me think the higher we go in wisdom and the deeper we go into revelation knowledge, the more silly the things of this world seem. So then with that, I wanted to, I want to read Job 38. So then I started thinking of the life of Job. I'm telling you, this trail has been a trail all over the Bible of God's goodness. And when, you, when you, people think of the story of Job, they definitely do not think about God's goodness. That's for sure, because Job had his family um, died. He had disease come on him. It was just um, horrific, I guess. Um, but it goes to Job 38. It, it, it says, The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstones? So I'm going to pause a second. If you're questioning God's goodness right now, this is what God's saying back to you. Yeah. 
What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstone? As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb? And as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness, for I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no farther you will come. Here your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and caused the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth to bring an end to the night's wickedness? As the light approaches, the earth takes shape like clay pressed beneath a seal. It is robed in brilliant colors. The light disturbs the wicked and stops the arm that is raised in violence. Have you explored the springs from which the seas come? Have you explored their depths? Do you know where the gates of death are located? Have you seen the gates of utter gloom? Do you realize the extent of the earth? Tell me about it if you know. Do you know the Lord's goodness? Do you know what it is? Sorry, I added that verse. Sorry, not sorry. Where does light come from and where does darkness go? Can you take each to its home? Do you know how to get there? Of course you know all this, for you were born before it was created, and you are so very experienced. Have you visited the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of hail? I have reserved them as weapons for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. Where is the path to the source of light? Where is the home of the east wind? Who created a tunnel for the torrents of rain? Who laid out a path for the lightning? Who makes the rain fall on barren land in a desert where no one lives? I want to switch and go to Isaiah 40, keeping on the theme. Verse 12. Who, ha who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Think of Buzz Aldrin there. Who else knows the weight of the earth? Or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instructions about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Let's stop there. In Revelations 4, it talks about the four living creatures, and day after day and night after night, they keep saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. You know, it started making me think, it's because they're fascinated by him. They're sitting there like, you created the earth. You created us. You hold the mount, the mount or you measure the mountains by a scale. Like, it's, it's just crazy crazy. And I started thinking, the start to understanding the goodness of the Lord is the fear of the Lord, which is being in awe of who he is. So back to these, these four living creatures that are in heaven saying, holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. It's because God is revealing another facet, facet, is that a right word, of who he is. And so I'm like, God, how do we get to that place? And I started thinking, it's, we have to go there ourselves. We have to set our minds on things above. So I started thinking, I'm like, 
So Jesus came down and died on a cross for me. If that, were, if that was all, that should be enough for me to say he's good. Like if all I have is the fact of Jesus coming die, down and redeeming me from the pit of hell because of the choices I make, not because he's good or bad, because of the choices I make, I'm condemned to hell. Not because he sends me there, because of the choices I make would condemn me to hell. And yet he's like, you know what? I'm going to send my son, and I'm going to have him die for you, and then I'm going to give you Holy Spirit to now lead and to guide you into an abundant life, and he's going to give you grace that empowers you to live out the life he has, he has called you to. Like, that's God's goodness. So then I started thinking, like, God, you're the God of the universe. The one. So I started looking up random fun facts. The one who created 369,000 species of plants. Not sure how they counted that. Not sure if they missed a few or not. But 369,000. Like, I think of Deb posting pictures. And they're all, like, beautiful. These plants and these flowers are just gorgeous. And yet it's like, eh. Creativity, that's nothing for me. And he hangs the stars and planets, literally just hanging there. Like if they were to fall, it would destroy everything. But oh, let's just keep it hanging there. And then he gives the woodpecker. If everybody was here for prayer, they'd understand, but you guys will still catch on. He gave the woodpecker the ability to wrap his tongue around his brain seven times so he didn't kill himself when he pecked wood. Like, is that not crazy? Like, he's like, oh, that, that little bird's going to go peck on wood, so I better wrap its tongue around its brain seven times so he doesn't kill himself. Like, like who thinks that up, God? Like, crazy. A little woodpecker. Like, what is, like, what is his purpose? I don't know. I don't know, but God gave him the ability to wrap his tongue around his brain seven times for a reason. And then I started thinking, I looked up, he created 8.7, like how many species of animals? So again, I don't know who's counting them, um, but there's 8.7 million species of animals, of which we don't know the end to. 8.7 million. You know, we were at Camp Forest Springs this week um, with the youth kids, not the youth kids, the LCS kids. And um, she's like, oh, we're going to go down to the pond and we're going to um, go through the muck. And she goes, there's some kind of cool, some cool things. And there's one of the things is there's a dragonfly larva that's in, in the muck. And I was like, really? Dra dragonfly? Like, I'm pretty sure she just said the wrong word there, but it wasn't. And so we started looking through this mud and, or muck and we started seeing all these living things. Like, it was mind-blowing. And then she's like, yeah, and it's kind of cool because this... Um, does anybody have this, anything, know about anything about dragonflies? No, nope. anybody? Okay, Malachi probably does, but. Um, so they, this larva sits in the mud for up to seven years. I'm like, that's weird. Like, to me, a dragonfly is, I didn't even know it, it lived its life below water. And so she's like, yeah, and then it comes out and it dries off, and then it lives for two weeks. Cool. I was like, what? Again, why did God, what? Like, what are you thinking, God? Like, what's the purpose? I don't know. That's what's so awesome about God. He knows. And he created to live five years of its life underground and two weeks above ground. It's just like, what? And then I started.
started thinking about the fact that he created human life from an egg and a sperm coming together. Like, what? <laughs> like, that is crazy. And then there's a world out there that wants to say that evolution exists. Like, what? <laughs> like, how is this even possible that everything reproduces from its own kind and an egg and a sperm come together, create human life, create a heartbeat, and then voila, here we are. Like, that is insane. Insane. Like, God is just mind-blowing. And then he puts laminin in our body, which is in the form of a cross that holds us together. Yeah. Mind-blowing. So then I started looking up the fact of how many galaxies are out there. And it said there is between 200 billion or 2 trillion. Again, don't know because God hasn't stopped creating them. Like, that's crazy. Crazy. 200 billion to 2 trillion galaxies are out, and we're just one little, one little speck that he create, put humankind on, and then he, he breathed life into us and has us in existence because of his very breath. If he chose to take away breath, every one of us would die right now at this very moment. Like, it's his breath that sustains us. So that same God created me and then came and died for me. Like, what are we? Just mere humans to him, but it's like, nope, you are my creation that I said it's very, very good. And I want to come and I want to make my image in you. Like, that's his goodness. He's so good. When I was listening... Sorry, I'm saying that a lot because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I encourage you all, Pastor Jason's messages are on podcasts, but there's a lot of other good speakers out there. And it's cool because all of them somehow come together, which is super weird because only Holy Spirit can do that because there's a person in Texas preaching on the same thing Pastor Jason's preaching on. You're like, wait, what? So it's super cool. But um, there was a story about William Rembrandt. Does anybody know who William Rembrandt is? He was a preacher in Russia, and um, I don't really remember the whole story of why he got thrown in, but he got thrown into prison and um, for seven years in solitary confinement. They gave him one piece of bread every week, and uh, after seven years, I think he ended up being a total of 12 years, I think, from what I remember, but I know for the seven years when he got released, um, one of the things he said was, they didn't even realize that when they put me in solitary confinement, they put him in chains, and he goes, they gave me weapons of worship. And he goes, and they're like, yeah, but that had to be like hell. And they're like, and he said, I'm paraphrasing a little bit of this. He said, nope, hell, hell is, the present, is being without the presence of God. Again, that's God's goodness. We get his very presence. Again, Pentecost Sunday, Holy Spirit come down so he can live and reside in the inside of us and we can have his presence despite any storm, any trial, anything this life has to throw off at us. We get his very presence. The veil was torn from top to bottom so we could enter in. And he, and he says, yes, here, here I am. Come, come. I want to inhabit you. I want to tabernacle with you. The God of the universe the God that holds the earth by who knows how wants to tabernacle with me? Wants to talk with me? Like, that's his goodness. He's so good. Can I say it again? He's so good. 
So there's a song I've been listening to a lot. It's like kind of on repeat. And we may end with that today if that's okay. But it's um, The Goodness of God. Has anybody heard of the song The Goodness of God? And, um, this, in the words it says, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Because his mercy never fails. That's the goodness of God. It says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And I started thinking, you know, so many people get to that verse, and all my life you have been faithful. Where, God? What about all this stuff that, that's happened to me? Because she has tasted and seen that he is good, that she can sing without a shadow of a doubt that he is faithful because she is going to heaven someday. She's, he's faithful because he says, I promise to never leave you or forsake you. When storms come, I didn't promise to take away storms. He said, I promise to never leave you or forsake you. That's his goodness. He said, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father, and I have known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. Again, the goodness of God is that we get to hear his voice. When we're in fire, he's standing right next to us. You know, as a, as a father, you think of An earthly father, there's nothing Brian wouldn't do for his daughter. But sometimes she gets hurt and he just has to grab her. That's the goodness of God. He's a father that says, here, I want to help you. because your gut goodness is running after it's running after me if you heard it sing along too super cool he wants to show you it too all you have to say is God I don't see it God I don't see it where is the goodness in this? I was thinking of my cousin. My cousin died when he was 25 in a car accident. This has been quite a few years. And, his, and my aunt and uncle serve God and they love God. And I kept thinking, how did they see God's goodness? Because they tasted. So despite circumstances, I had miscarried in 08, and I remember kind of questioning God's goodness. And I remember Brian telling me, it doesn't matter, we don't have to understand he's God, and we're going to see her again someday. That's God's goodness. We get to spend eternity with him. This life is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. 
So again, it says when we set, the higher we go into wisdom, and the deeper we go into revelation knowledge, the more silly the things of this world seem. Because when we put him in his rightful place, he's good no matter what. enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.